if I were to form a, a relationship with an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. and I gave him like a little USB <laughs> you know, and, the, and the extraterrestrial in their technology goes up there and puts on some kind of a speaker under the earth and plays one of my tracks, it will unify humanity. Not, yeah, well, yeah. They might get ununified, but they'll be unified because everyone will be listening to one sound at the same time. Hey, what's up, everybody? That was Equanimous around the world, and we get into a a great chat here on the podcast today. Sorry for being late with episodes this month. There's going to be like four or five episodes that are all going to drop next week. Uh, Just timing and things and stuff. You know how things get sometimes. But have no fear, there will be uh, some great episodes coming out as well, just like this one. So uh, before we get started, let's just uh, thank uh, the people that make this show possible. Big shout out to everybody that leaves five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. It helps the search algorithm when people are looking for shows about like psychedelics and consciousness and reality and you know mushrooms and music and all kinds of things that we talk about on the show people search there the the, they're more likely to find mycadelic the more ratings and reviews we have so much love to all of you that go and do that it it really helps a lot that's uh that's like the biggest thing that you could do really is just uh leave ratings and reviews tell people about the show and um also if you're interested in joining the patreon we do have bonus episodes early release episodes we have a discord community of people all around the world sharing chatting talking and um connecting you know forming a little community got to talk about element kombucha because it's awesome element kombucha is amazing big shout out to element kombucha thank you for sending me uh, i think like 12 bottles of your kombucha my favorite is definitely the mountain oolong Ooh, baby it is good it is really really good and I like this kombucha a lot because of the really interesting flavors and because it's not too fizzy. Sometimes you get a kombucha and it's just like bubbling over in your, in your mouth and you can't even drink it. It's like you're just drinking all these bubbles and it's like not that comforting. So this is like the perfect balance. It's elemental. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really great. So put in the code Mike11. Go to elementkombucha.com. All the links will be in the show notes. But this is our newest sponsor, and I love them. Let's support these guys. Let's go order some kombucha. And uh, yeah, go check out their information and stuff. The links in the show notes. Uh, they're just uh, they're doing really great things. Uh, you know, really top quality herbs and um, you know sourcing locally and and making really quality kombucha. And uh, you know, I I, I love them. Uh, it's my my new favorite kombucha. 
So Element Kombucha, the code is Mike11. You get 11% off. And Fungi Academy, go check those guys out. They are doing some awesome things. If you want to learn how to grow mushrooms, if you want to learn about psychedelic journeying, check them out. Being True to You is also a one-of-a-kind coaching training program. Go check those guys out as well. All the links are in the show notes. Everything that you want to hear, you want to hear Equanimous's music on Spotify or his website or wherever, links in the show notes, links in the show notes. And that's it. You know what to do if you love this show. Like it, share it, spread it, subscribe, tell people about it, do the things I told you about, support our sponsors so they keep supporting us and we keep putting out awesome shows like this one. So without further ado, let's get in this conversation with Equanimous. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Hi everybody. <laughs> okay, all right. Good. Good thing we're not doing it live. That's this is a good thing about recording, right? I get I, that makes a lot more sense. <sighs> anyway, I can turn my input volume up a little bit. I think you're good now. I see the bars on your end. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that that we were capturing it. The worst thing in the world is to just keep going and then realize, uh oh, we didn't get it. Uh, sure. So looks good on my end. Sounds good. Hopefully. We will uh, be free from any interruptions thus far. Great. I love it. Okay. So, yeah, we were talking about dyslexia. And just a, a little context, I, I have the kind where I switch letters. You switch around the letters. when I write. Yeah. yeah how, and what's when that I like? Read. Can, you, like, can you do it at all? I'm just always making it's it's frustrating because you know people will be like, oh, there's a, there's a spelling error there, or there's a typo there, or typos always in text messages or, or things like that and and uh you know i just don't i don't say anything really i'm not like oh i have like a minor dyslexia where i switch vowels it's usually vowels interesting yeah huh well and it's usually in the middle of letters yeah and middle well, of words <laughs> that's probably tricky a little bit but you yeah. can you can retain though you can retain I can I can retain information. That's good. Um, That's good. You know, for for the most part, sometimes it's a little bit more difficult when I'm smoking a, a lot of cannabis, oh, yeah. which you know I, I tend um, to do. <laughs> I can I, I'm a lot better with uh, nonfiction, with like fact. Like I can read a I can read like an article. Well, 
I could read an article, you know, or like uh, something where I don't have to imagine something. It's like a lot of it's in these non-fictional things. It's like, oh, they're painting a picture and I just can't get my brain to see that picture. Mm. That's been the issue. Mm. And I never, I, you know, I never like was like, I have a disability. I didn't like, you know, I just, to be honest, I kind of just cheated a lot. I cheated a lot, which, which kind of got me by, but yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that I recommend cheating. I don't think that's the best thing to do. What in school? Yeah. Ah, go ahead and cheat kids. School sucks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're going to say it, <laughs> I'm going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to say yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. Well, this is, this will take us into, into your story here because sure. I, I think that, um, well, yeah. Did you, how did you get into music? Um, I, I was just born into it. I, you know, my parents were taking me to concerts in the womb. My, my family has a musical background. Um, I, when I was two years old, I was playing drums. I was the baby that was banging on trees with, you know, sticks and stuff. Um, definitely like a YouTube baby before there was YouTube kind of thing. Um, you mean and that you, just kept, like you would have went viral. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. As like one of these babies, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's even some stuff on me online that I've like kind of salvaged these videos. Um, I posted yesterday one of me beatboxing over my my kid self, which was kind of fun. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, 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 it's cool. Um, and then yeah, just just started playing guitar. Well, really, it was drums. Started with drums, piano, guitar. Didn't really take much lessons. Kind of just taught myself. Um, and then started producing music when I was twelve. And then that led into high school. I was fortunate enough to uh, be in an electronic music course in, in my public high school. Every oh, wow. kid had their own keyboard. Yeah, very cool. Um, and then by the last year, I was the TA in the class. And yeah, it just kind of, it just kept, kept going. Then I was in college, you know, was more in kind of like the mainstream space a little bit. And then kind of left drinking culture, got into psychedelic culture and Equanimous was born. <laughs> Equanimous was born in college. No, no. Equanimous was born like five years after college. Okay. Like when I was, you know, like, um, I'm 32 now. It was, I started Equanimous when I was 26 or 27, one of those ages. Yeah. So you had good parents. You had a good upbringing. Have you have, great parents. they're the best in the world. Cause I love my parents. Yeah. They encouraged you. They fostered well, your development. They, did, they encouraged me to play music and they, and my extended family, my grandfather played a big role in this because he actually wrote a symphony and he has a, a, a symphony that was um, performed in Bulgaria and other places and recorded and it's um it's actually one of the top selling symphonies on Amazon right now, which isn't a big deal because wow, what, what is it called? It's called Remembrance. Um, there classical music doesn't sell very much. So I love classical I, I, music. I said, oh, you yeah. do? Oh, check it out then. Yeah, 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 it's called it's called Remembrance. It was uh, made of kind of like his the Jewish people when they had to leave, and it's it's a cool thing. Um, and and but he was a doctor for like until he was sixty something, and then made this symphony. So. You know, he and my family have really pushed this idea of do music, play, have fun, 
but don't rely on it and, and make sure that you have a career outside of it. And so they were not supportive of me not working, (laughs) you know, they didn't get that. Like, you know, my grandfather, I remember would always say one in a million chance you're going to, you know, well, I can tell you, I actually, a couple years ago, I signed a contract with my grandfather Mm. and he said, he was like, I'm really worried about you, Nate. You know, I, he didn't get it. He's like, I know you're doing this whole thing, but like, you know, you're, it's, when's it gonna like, he didn't, he was like, is it sustainable? Now it's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, And so I made a, I made a deal with him. I signed, he made me sign a contract and I said at the, this was years ago, but the contract that I signed with him was if by January 22nd, no, sorry, by January 1st, 2022, I am not fully sustaining myself off of this living, then I have to leave the career path of music. Totally. Which was a bold thing for me to sign, but I was so confident in myself. And I I got there by about, I was probably a year early. (laughs) Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It felt so good to have that call with him and be like, hey, you know, I did it. And um, he was, he was proud and also still doesn't get it, but proud. <laughs> what, what is it that he doesn't get? I don't think he gets that. Like I have fans, you know, uh-huh. I don't think he's, he like to him, it's still like, you know, there's a lot of people that when you're not, when you don't know someone in the music space or you're, you're not like, you know, you're, you just don't know the industry. You know, a lot of musicians are like people see them differently, you know? And I think in a lot of people's brains, especially those who are musicians who haven't necessarily sustained themselves off their music, because I know this because I was like this when I was younger, I felt like as a musician, you either made it or you didn't. Mm. It was like all or nothing. And the making it seemed so far away vibrationally that it just seemed like it wasn't even a thing. Um you know, I've talked about this before, but what helped a lot was I, I went to college with uh, and lived with a guy named Drew Taggart, who uh, was who is the Chainsmokers, who is mm. with you know half of the Chainsmokers, and so I was able to see a friend um, succeed at a massive, massive level. I mean, we're talking about highest paid DJs in the world some yeah. years, and so to witness that and to like feel that vibe and see that it's of normalcy, you know, it might not appear to be of normalcy, but it's of normalcy in the sense that it's just a human being doing their job. And to see that, that that's possible, you know, and to feel what that possibility is like on an energetic cellular level. Um, it added like a, a normalcy to what I'm doing, I guess, you know, and although I am not at that level yet, um, with my career, I still am in a place where I can put food on the table. And I think that that's what, you know, some of my family perhaps didn't understand is that there is a middle ground, you know, there is this middle ground of living a successful life without being on top 40 radio. Right. Yeah. And not just put food on the table, but high vibe food. 
high vibe food exactly. yeah yeah Organic. checking out that instagram we'll talk about yeah, that all right yeah, yeah but exactly. that's such a good point because i think we also we were like the last generation that grew up in that time period where there was like the mainstream general consensus standard version of making it which is like the top 40 you know what's on the tv that kind of thing now you know, people have fans and are making money. People, there's, there's podcasts that I know of people who are making $60,000 a month off their Patreon. Nobody knows who they are. What? No, nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Like they just doing have what? just doing a podcast. Wow. Like, see, exactly. Good you're good like, for them. you're yeah, like, what? Them. Like, ex- like <laughs> these, 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 uh, we're able to kind of like, um, the genres and the avenues for success are more diverse now right? than they were before. Right. And, there's, there's more and, paths. Right. And I do think that um, there is a big opportunity for independent musicians. And I am very hesitant to say that word independent musician because I have changed stances on this. I used to be very pro independent musician and I still am, but I don't like using that language because I don't think any musician should be independent. I think every single musician should have a label. Whether they are their own label is different. But the idea of an independent musician, meaning that there is no label involved or no label services, feels like you're putting yourself at a massive disadvantage, right? I believe that as, you know, an independent musician, one should either be on a label where someone else is playing the business or they are their own label where they are playing the business, but they're doing it in a way where they don't see it as them doing it from an independent musician self, where they see it as like, I am my own label and the only artist is me. You know, um, that's is just that what you did? a topic of late. High vibe records. Um, no, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it is. T- well, I never really wanted to be an independent musician ever. I still don't even like have that desire. I like the idea of support and having a team. Sure. Um, I had, I had released with some labels before jumpsuit, AA gravitas. Um, I've had different experiences with them. Uh, gravitas was an amazing experience. I really liked releasing with them and, and I always recommend them as a label. Um, jumpsuit. I am grateful for because they got me on the map, even though I don't think that their label services are, um, the same as some other labels and, and the head of the label, David, um, Polish ambassador, he'll admit that, you know, he's oh, not, okay. cool. he's not trying to be like a big label or anything. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a wonderful human being. Um, but after releasing with both of them, I realized that I actually could do it better, you know? Um, and I have been doing it better and, um, Better and I, I don't know if better is the right word because Gravitas really is great. Like they do yeah. some things that I, I have not done for myself. So, you know, pros and cons. But I will say that, um, yeah, having a label, Hive Records has definitely helped Equanimous. And I think Equanimous has helped Hive Records also. Awesome. Yeah. How do you balance uh, being fully engaged, creative, making your art? You know, you put out two albums in the, uh, this year and last year, right? Uh, I put, yeah, EPs last year, albums this year. Or I put out an album 
a year ago in October and then I put in another one in August. But I've I've put out, you know, in the last three years, I put out 135 songs. Okay, yeah, so wow. Like, so that's, I'm releasing a lot output. of music. Yeah, yeah that's And the output. way that I do it, um, I mean, at one time, there was a period of time where I was working 16 to 20 hour days. No joke. Yeah. Uh, that was too heavy for me because getting five hours of sleep and working the whole entire day with no stops besides meals, it just was causing stress and I didn't like it. So like fully um, creating music, right? So then how do you balance of, right, that was the, a that with the business element? That and the business, right. Yeah. Um, I've, I've fully delegated the label for the most part. Um, we have a, a staff of five um, and a label manager who's wonderful. Um, and the label manager, she also kind of acts as, as an assistant for me. So <clears throat> that has helped tremendously. And I would say that my role on the label at this point is just like having kind of the executive conversations, um, overseeing things and taking on new music and like finding artists and that kind of thing, which, you know, took a lot of time to start now, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week covers that for the most part. Um, and you enjoy it. Oh yeah. I get to hear some unbelievable music, especially before it comes out. I feel like the amount of times where I've gotten a song that I love and I've just cried to it. And I'm like, wow, I'm the only one besides the artist that's heard this song and it's epic and it's going to change people's lives. It's, uh, great. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Can you, can you yeah. think of one like recently that, that yeah, you yeah. don't mind sharing? Sure. Yeah. The, um, a very, very profound, powerful experience. I was, uh, and, and oftentimes I feel like some of these songs lyrically will also kind of like make sense in the time of the, you know, there's this whole spiritual aspect of that. Um, before I go into this too, just to answer the, the follow up, I mainly yeah. spend most of my time on Equanimous. And then, like I said, 10, 20 hours a week, whatever on, on high vibe records, um, which used to be different. The song that I, I just received is I was at uh, my friend's wedding, one of our mutual friends, a friend of our mutual friend also. Um, and you know, it was, I've known those guys since I was five years old, big group of them and haven't seen them for a while because of the pandemic, you know, and, and they have different, uh, viewpoints than I do for sure. Without a doubt on the pandemic, we both respect each other. Um, and we still love each other. Um, but you know, I wasn't going into it. I, it felt different, a little different. And, um, but once I got there, being around them, sharing all the love, all that stuff, it was just like back to the boys. And, you know, I, I had a great weekend. When I, when the, all the festivities were over, you know, whole weekend thing, Friday, Sunday, Sunday comes around, I'm walking around in New Orleans and, uh, and I get the, I get an email saying I just received a new track. It's a remix that someone actually did of one of my own tracks. And after the fall remix that he did of my track balance is key. And I put it on and just the feeling when you get the goosebumps in your body and just tears start to kind of come up and then out. And, uh, you know, I think in combination of that moment of just feeling like reflection and gratitude and like peace, like a, like a, not a tired peace, but a content active piece almost mm. you could say um track came through and listened to it and, and just it felt like it it was the soundtrack of that moment in my life at that moment and um 
yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about that. It made me feel like, wow, I'm excited for other people to hear this. It's a really beautiful song. Wow. And he did cool. a great job. Yeah. And that's one, and that kind of answers also like how I'm able to get a lot of music out there. You know, I didn't produce this track at all. I, I, I made the original track and then I sent the stems to after the fall and he did the remix. So that's a track that, you know, didn't take me time to do, but I still get to release it. Yeah. That's so cool. I love the collaboration element in music, Yeah, you know, yes, it's, and like too. you were saying yeah. too, with the label stuff, like you really do need a team to support you. I think the, the myth of like the lone wolf, like out there just tinkering away and then comes up with some magic. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe a couple times. Yeah. You know? I think it comes from people that, um, Cause I've felt that too. And I'm pretty sure that that comes from people who are dissatisfied with the industry. Like they don't like that they have not got support and that support isn't just handed to them, mm. right? Because some artists it is just handed to, but most artists I feel like do have some kind of a relationship to work to get that support. Um, and I think that those where it didn't get handed, but it, but they either don't know how to do the work or they're not willing to. Usually that's that they don't know how to. Um, a lot of musicians tend to work really hard for their careers, I feel like, and their success, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, what does that look like? But, what is what is doing the work? Like what's, um, what's the sort of high vibe, balanced way of, you know, being, being in full alignment with being a, a servant to the beats? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things one can do. Um, I do, as I was saying, you know, I think it, it, it's a result, like the result of, of people not doing that work or doing that work and failing, um, I think does kind of start this pushing of like, no, you can be an independent artist and do it on your own. And And it's a lot of people get in that trap, But, but doing the work, I think one, it's, figuring out what to do. Okay. Taking courses, talking to people that you trust, talk to people who have succeeded already and learning what to do. After you learn what to do, you do it until you succeed. You just don't stop. You know what I mean? And if you stop, then you quit. It's easy. It's simple. And, um, for me, what that looked like, you know, and and it's a lot of things for me, what it looked like was, um, signing influencers, getting influencers to, um, run play. It, well, really it, it started kind of the foundation of with playlists because playlists will give you passive streams, which results in passive income. It also boosts your stats, which then gets you more fans, which then gets you paid more at shows. Yeah. Is this like on so, Spotify? On Spotify. It's all about Spotify. Yeah. Spotify. Like. Yeah. 70% of the whole entire market. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Wow. Um, the streaming market. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and also Spotify is where like bookers and people look to on where to place on lineups and different things like this, you know, and you can see where someone's fan base is. Um, and so for me it's, it's been all about playlists for about the last three years. And so the question was, all right, how do I, how do I get that? What do I do? And so it was like signing influencers, doing this, doing this, growing playlists, trades, all that stuff. Um, and um, you get a little blue light there. Uh, yeah, I just I was like, like I, I just turned blue, man. I don't. Yeah. Like, I just got these new floodlights in my studio, and I was oh, I'm, nice. I'm testing them out. But 
It's a vibe. It's I don't a vibe. know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry no, to distract cool. you. No, it's all good. Um, so yeah. So, but doing you know that's what my doing the works looks like. You know, networking. Honestly, like going out to events where I might meet people who could help. That's the biggest thing that any musician could do is socialize. Yeah, everyone knows that. Okay, yeah. your musician just socializes with people in the industry. Um, for you know, if I was taking the approach of like getting signed to another label and just not taking this on on my own, I would have a different work. I wouldn't need to focus on playlists as much. I would focus on my relationships and different things. Mm. You know, so yeah, I think that answers. The yeah, question. how is it for? Um how was it for you during the the pandemic time? Like when things weren't really happening too much, you know, yeah, I mean, getting yeah. out, doing festivals and stuff, like go, doing shows, concerts, traveling around. I'm sure you probably had gigs all over the world, right? I did. Uh, the first gig that got canceled was Bali. It was actually in Bali. Um, Damn. You know, it's okay. I still was there for earlier. It's all good. Um, oh, cool. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the pandemic I would say drastically helped my career. It was a very big boost for me. Um, and the reason is because instead of focusing on live shows, I focused on my online presence, um, which, you know, in the span of that, those two years, probably like 30 next. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it was, it was good. Cause I had played a lot of live shows before I just done 80 shows in like a little over a year in that past time. And so I had the kind of some momentum building, but online I hadn't really had the success I wanted. So, um, yeah, I would say that kind of when the pandemic happened, it, it shifted my brain into this, like, Nate, you're going to work until the pandemic's over and just nonstop. And, um, and I can honestly say that for me, obviously the pandemic's still happening, but for me, it's ending in about two weeks because that's when like I've, I've set up the label, I've done everything I needed to do. And now I can kind of like dive in and focus more back in on my music and um and travel and yeah so for me it feels like i put in my two years and um i guess maybe at the end i don't know it feels like i put in my, my time and uh, yeah i was gonna say you're gonna have to keep working until the end of pandemic until we're all dead basically you know we're like <laughs> 95 like it's still the pandemic <laughs> right right i know right it's <laughs> Oh man, that's but a dude, other. it was it was so awesome seeing you. So at at Unison Festival, uh, this this festival was amazing. It was uh, such a good festival. my first real festival. I went to a small oh, wow. one. Uh, sorry, my first real festival since the pandemic. Since yeah. the pandemic, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baby's first festival, right? Um, no, but I I so I went to see Closey in Wyoming. Uh, like maybe a a couple months before it was her and some, some friends. And, and then I saw this unison thing and I was like, wow, this looks really cool. And for me, I love, like, I'll I'll listen to music online, you know, stream, you know, stuff. And, but when I'm, when I'm there and I'm, it's a moment 
and there's a vibe and it's just like, whoa, like what is going on? So when, yeah, your set was just uh, phenomenal, man, to watch you play Thanks, all. man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Watch you play all the instruments and, you know, the setup and your energy on stage and, you know, you just were like so in the zone and, you know, the beatboxing and, you know, taking it, taking it up and down and all around. It was just really, <laughs> it was just dope. You know, and, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And, 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 and me and my, all my friends were just like, you know, like, it's like, wow, like this is so impactful because we're here at this moment. You yeah. Know? So there's, yeah. Uh, there's something special about those live shows and then hanging out afterwards and stuff. And yeah, I loved how organic it was when we met that night, uh, just kind of like running into each other. Hey, what, who are you? Wait, do I know you? What? That was cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was, I was pretty, pretty lifted on all sorts of sure. amazing, uh, medicines. I'll call I them mean, as, as festival culture can hold the space for. Yes, totally. I mean, I, I just, uh, if I could be a professional festival person, that's what I would be. You know, it's the job. It's kind of what choose. I do. It's yeah. Kinda, that's, it's pretty awesome. That's yeah. my workspace. In fact, I don't even like someone asked me if I wanted to go to a festival or something that I wasn't playing. And I was just like, that's, why would I go to work? <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. working. Is it? Right. Which to me, like in the past, I was like, whoa, I used to go to so many festivals for fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I love festivals. They're very fun, you know. Burning Man's probably the only one I would go to at this point without playing, even though if I went to Burning Man, I would play. So yeah. <laughs> well, it's just what you do, right? I mean, that's that's where do. you get yeah. your joy. Right. right. Like it's right. just like playing is playing music. Right. I wish I had an ounce of musical ability. I probably have an ounce, but I, ounce. yeah, I got it. <laughs> but I, I mean, I just, I like, I don't know the intricacies of, of music and keys and th I don't even know the terminology really. I just, but I, okay. I love music though. I'm such yeah. a huge music fan and it's really just a feeling based thing for me. I just, if I feel it, I feel it and I want to move to it you know, or I want to take it into a different, if it's a different kind of tone or something, you know, meditate totally. to or, or whatever. Who are your biggest influences growing up and, and throughout yeah. your career? Um, first influence ever was Paul Simon, without a doubt. Oh, okay, uh, Grace, cool. Graceland Love album. Hell yeah. Two years old. I was two years old and was begging my mom to put that, the video album on replay with Ladysmith Black and Bazo. Is that Ladysmith Black and Bazo? That's what I say. Yeah. Um, and, um, that album changed like that was, you know, that album was very important to me. And I think that the combination of having Ladysmith back in Bazo on top of like with Paul Simon as that album to add that like world African-y. Yeah. Like so much joy, just so high vibe. That album is just blissing through the roof of high vibes. Um, that that was my foundation, and then you know, of course, I was in high school. I got involved with Blink One Eighty Two and Goo Goo Dolls and Taking Back Sunday and all the emo kind of that stuff, and that was like the first time where I was kind of diving deep into like emotional music, the relationship between emotions and music. And at that time, I was making kind of emo-y stuff. It was very it's in this like self group called Against the Majority. It's very not high vibe lyrics. Mm -hmm. Not ne not negative, but more just like venting lyrics. Yeah, angsty. And yeah, which is which is great, and there's a point for that, and it can make people heal. But it, it's not what I'm here on the planet to do necessarily. Um, 
then I was changed drastically when I heard um, Yon C. Hmm. And um, Yon C of Sigaros. And uh, you listen to Sigaros at all? You know no. No, they're amazing. Um, their music is like, it's almost like neoclassical post-rock. Oh, okay. Um, and it also very emotional, but they don't sing in any kind of language. It's just made up words, like light language almost. And oh, wow. to be able to feel emotion expressed that way opened up a huge thing for me. Um, so we've got this like Paul Simon kind of fun, uplifting vibe, this like epic, ethereal, cinematic vibe with Yonsi. And to be honest, the third kind of like in person that came and like changed that for me was Dead Mouse. And I didn't expect it to be Dead Mouse. I was actually with Drew from the Chainsmokers. We were at Lollapalooza together. And I didn't really know too much about electronic music. And the Killers were playing at the same time as Dead Mouse. So I was like, oh, great. I love the Killers. We'll go see the Killers. And Drew was like, no, I want to see Dead Mouse. And so Dead Mouse was like on the way to the Killers. So I kind of was just going to like go and drop him off. And then I, and I did. I went and dropped him off and I went to see the Killers. Um, and didn't think anything of it. Heard the sounds and I was like, fuck, this is good. What's this? Dope. Then I was at, I don't remember the, maybe it was outside. I don't know. Dead Mouse was playing in a big field. I feel like it was in San Francisco. And I was like another situation where it was like him and someone else. And I was like, all right, this time I'm going to see part of him. I, don't, I forget the situation entirely, but I remember that I heard these extreme, you know what? I think I was actually in LA with Drew again and some other people, but I, I heard these tones that I had never heard before. And the quality of the sounds were so crisp and so electronically perfected mm. that it made my body feel things that I hadn't before. And that was big. And then I remember the next time I saw Sigaros live, I kept on thinking, this is amazing. And it's making me feel connected to spirit. And I also want to hear these like super crisp tones so I can dance in a certain way. Yeah. You know? And then I started getting to dance and movement and all that stuff. And yeah, I, I guess like the three of those people have probably been my biggest influences, even though my music is nothing like Dead Mouse or I mean, a little bit like Young C, a little bit like Paul Simon, but um. Yeah. And then, you know, I think ultimately there's always kind of been like a hip hoppy kind of making beats, bass music kind of vibe to me as a person, just kind of like basketball culture, you know, that I'm big into basketball and that whole thing. And so adding those kind of like bassy hip hop beats, trappy stuff into the mix of those three things kind of all encompasses Equanimous. Hell yeah, man. Sick. Yeah. That's awesome. That's uh, it's uh you're like, oh yeah, it doesn't really sound like this, or it sounds a little bit like this, but it, I think it's more about sort of what the artist is doing with their instruments or their intention, totally. the, 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 and the feeling that you're receiving, like you said, in your body, you said connected to spirit, you said spirit and spirituality a couple of times. So it kind of makes me want to uh, ask you about sure. um, that like element in your life growing up and how that aspect emerged and what it means to you now. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's always been a sense of that growing up. Um, I'd say like in the past, it was more 
like logical and more like trying to think my way into evolution, which, uh, you know, as a kid is healthy and I think it's good as long as you come out of it. Um, and so like, I would say kind of my relationship with spirit growing up was like, I didn't, I just felt that feeling of like something bigger, didn't know what was going on. Um, felt like, you know, destined for great things. Of course, grew up in the nineties where music is telling us that there's only one, one person in our life for us and that, you know, you can make it and all that, you know, all that stuff. Um, and yeah, and I guess I always kind of felt, I guess my relationship with spirit was like a little bit egoic. It was kind of made me feel better than everyone um, in certain ways because like I was surrounded by people that weren't as um, spiritually connected or, or devoted as I. And um, yeah, I, I think I really started to understand it once I started to hang out with like, I'll say like the depth of my consciousness grew a lot kind of exponentially once I started to hang out with some actors because actors um, practice consciousness. Like they literally practice identifying as a being and then being another being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, the, and and that's exactly what it means to like, to watch yourself. There's, you know, I, I often don't see a difference. In fact, um, you, you don't see a difference in, it, I don't see a difference in like, being removed from your ego and, or, or from yourself and like being the watcher of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle, all that. Right. I don't see much of a difference between doing that and acting in a movie as a different character. Okay. Right. And so actors yeah. practice that. And so yeah. just being around actors and that vibrations, the ones, it's not all of them get it, but the ones who get it and have that self-realization and awareness, it helped me. And so that in combination with, you know, psychedelics and different things, um, and like the desire for healing and the desire for delight, I think, um, you know, it, it just, it, it opened a new realm of spirituality. And then as I began to listen more and, and as I began to get guidance from other people, I think, um, and as I shifted from having my awareness be from my head to my body, which I think most Americans are naturally living their awareness in their brains. Oh yeah. Um, an athlete, maybe not as much because an athlete's in their body a lot. Um, I would say that lots of, I'd say that in general, women are a little bit more in their hearts mm-hmm. and yeah. less in their minds. Um, I don't even, even when my awareness goes to my mind, words don't really like come in. It doesn't work like it used to, you know? Um, and so I think as I just practiced being in my body, like having my awareness be in my body, in my heart, in my limbs, you know, not necessarily up there, uh, you know, and then did some different medicines that kind of cleared that on a cellular level, like, or actually physically level, you know, um, a bogus specifically, I think that, that, um, you know, that opened up more space to be able to talk with, connect with, have a relationship with spirit, nature, universe, divinity, that entity, that energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Clearing. Yeah. Sorry. I was just gonna say, and now, and now I do feel like it's strong in the sense that, um, I feel like we are co-living, coexisting and living as one at the same time, spirit and I. So, um, it doesn't feel like, you know, I can feel the presence of spirit whenever, 
I need to tap into it and all the time. And also like if I'm playing basketball and like I'm shooting a free throw, I don't necessarily feel spirit in that moment. Maybe I do if I need to, but I don't, you know, it's not like it's overbearing at all. Right. Right. Yeah. You're not, you're not living in the mind where then you can sort of, you know, everybody, <clears throat> yeah, I used to play sports and you'd be like, Oh, you you know, you got to get out of your head. Yeah. Otherwise you you're not, uh, baseball, wrestling, nice. football. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I would play, I'm, I'm like five, eight. So, you know, I, I can't, I, I played basketball up until I just like, like rec, rec. League. Yeah. Like yeah, I would yeah. play, I would play games. Like I had a buddy actually who was, um, he was a phenomenal basketball player and, you know, went co- college for basketball and everything, but like broke his hand. It was like a shitty situation. It was like that heartbreaking. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but he was phenomenal, you know, in our small town outside of New York City, just in the suburbs. And like, we would just go to the local park and we would play and it would be like me and him and another guy who was kind of chubby. And we would challenge like the dudes that would just be there all day, every day, just balling. And we play them for money and stuff because they would be like, yeah, they'd be like these, these like little white boys, like they don't know, they're not going to. And my friend was just draining threes, like every game. And all I had to do is just pass them the ball and set picks. So yeah, that's that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I, I I grew up a big basketball fan and then, yeah, I don't, I don't play too much anymore, although I would. First game of the season tonight, NBA. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yep. Nets, Bucks, Lakers, Warriors. What's your, you have a team or? Yeah. I mean, I grew up on the Celtics, so they'll always be my favorite team. Okay. Um, and I love the Celtics and I'll always root for them. And, you know, having lived out in California for a while, I have, I do have a, a love for the Warriors. I love the Warriors and I would love to see them succeed. Um, I think that I started getting into the Warriors more after Kevin Durant left. Mm. Um, and Steph Curry's probably my favorite player. I mean, I like Bull Bull too, but different in a different way. Yeah, yeah, I, they're, lo- they're I love Steph Curry. He's got the same birthday as me. Um, I just, I like how he goes about the game and what he does is unbelievable. I also really love James, James Wiseman, the, the draft last year um, to the Warriors. One reason being that um, uh, my other best friend, Aaron, who uh, is a coach and he works out of Miami. He actually uh, trained James Wiseman. And so um like right before he went into the league. So, so there's a personal connection to that as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't really tap into sports too much anymore, but man, growing up, I was, you know, New York Yankees, Knicks, Rangers and hockey. Uh, yeah, you, you know, were, you were all of it. Yeah. I was the same. all that. Red and Sox, it was just, Patriots, but it was just yeah. like that they, they were winning. They were good. Oh yeah. And then, you know, after, you know, so at some point, I'm, they just all started to stink. I mean, the Jets always stunk. Right. That's just not worth it. No. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so you're talking about, you know, connecting with spirit and everything. And I mean, you know, the connection with athletes, musicians, everybody that does something that they truly love. They There's a space where, well, there's a place where time and space kind of ceases to exist. And it's, you know, oftentimes referred to as like a flow state. Would you say sure. that that... Do you equate the two, like feeling spirit and feeling a flow state, or are they separate? Yeah, so that flow state, um, I feel I'm in it. Do you know what I mean? Like I talk from that space Mm. all the time. I mean, 99% of the time. I'd say the 1% of the time is when I'm like, maybe there's a delicate situation and I need to be cautious about what I'm going to say. 
And so I can't just flow from my heart and my system from the flow space. I need to like, you know, like, uh, I need to think about what I'm going to say. I yeah. guess. Like you're being interrogated by a sheriff or something. Sure. Yeah. Or, or, well, no, not that because hopefully that will never happen, but like <laughs> more like, more like I'm talking to a friend about maybe something that I didn't like that they are doing because it's hurting see. someone else or something. Yeah. I, just, yeah. Being that doesn't happen. Either. Trying to be more uh, cautious, mindful, being, yeah, mindful. Being mindful. Yeah. 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 But like 99% of the time when I'm using words, it's the same thing as when I'm playing basketball as when I'm making music, it's it, being in that flow state. And, and that's something that I've taken a lot of pride in and, and practice living my life in that flow state that you speak of. Um, because I feel like it brings the most delight and the most joy. Mm. Um, and it's the most, uh, it's, it's like the most productive in a way it's, you know, it's the best solution in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that there are certain things that a human can do to get themselves in that state. And I think it depends on the human for me. It's, like for me, the ability to wake up without an alarm is extremely helpful. Um, I always had a problem waking up with alarms growing mm -hmm. up. And, yeah. um, and now that I don't have an alarm, I wake up early if I want to, you know, it's all good. It's, but like stuff like that is really helpful in being able to just be in that flow all the time, which yeah. I think for, for athletes and a lot of people, they might not be as spiritual. So they're not, or, or they're not as they don't prioritize that in their day to day as much. Um, but they can on the court or on, on stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I prioritize it in my day to day. That's amazing. Yeah. Waking. I, I have, I never wake up to an alarm clock. I'm so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. Uh, you know, if, if, if you haven't done it, just, you got to do it, get rid of that, that buzzing, man. I, I used yeah, to work so a, a job yeah. in, in New York and, and I would wake up to the buzzing at like 6am. It was night nightmarish. Yeah. And, uh, there's, it, it takes a toll. It's really soul sucking, you know, to be waking up to that buzzing and then you're getting onto a subway and going underground, it's dark out. And then you work all day and under these fluorescent lights, it's really soul crushing. And so I was like, Oh, I'm not doing this again. But, uh, but yeah, the body has like an internal alarm clock sort of, you know, it just wakes you up yeah. when, when it feels you're ready to wake up and right. right. And, <laughs> there that you can, go. and then that can, right. What day are you going to have more of a flow state day? The one where your body wakes up, where it wakes up in flow or the one where it wakes up because of an external factor that you've decided and not the natural flow. Right. Because in order to be in flow state, you need to be connected to the flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. I, I lived in the uh, Peruvian Amazon for a little while. Uh, Ooh, with, a little which ayahuasca was, out there. I yeah. Yeah. I was working at an ayahuasca center. It's, that's actually where I met uh, my partner, Jenna. Really? That's, what was it? Temple Away Light? Or that's exactly. That? Yeah. Was Temple Away Light? Yeah. Oh, wow. Exactly. I had a good the place. friend, Nick, Nick Nutu, that. Um, you know Nick? That he was uh, out there for a while. I don't know. Yeah. That's so cool you worked there. It was amazing. It was such an yeah. amazing experience, but I don't ever recall waking up to an alarm clock. I think I woke up to like frogs burping frogs. or yeah, something, yeah, the you frog know. Clock. Yeah, and yeah. it's just so beautiful. It's like it's yeah. what the body wants and we live in a world where, you know, it's the difference between 
force versus flow. There's like the mm. majority of the world is operating under conditions of force. And if you're, you know, tapped into a flow, you can kind of escape from that, that world of force and make it work for yourself. Yeah, it's great. I think the diet also helps a lot with that too. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, that's, that's definitely something that I want to be better at. Sure. You know, uh, cause I, I always feel great when I'm eating really, as you put it, high vibe foods. High vibe, yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about this. Talk to me yeah, about the so, food, the diet. Did you, was there a point in time where you weren't doing that and you had to change or had this? Yeah, come definitely. To be? I mean, I was eating like shit in college. Um, I, yeah, I grew up with some OCD and, um, I talked to someone who told me that it might be because of different foods that I'm eating. And once I adjusted my diet, the OCD did get drastically better. And also, um, I graduated college at 190, 190 pounds. And, um, two months later, once I started changing things was 150. Two so that was months. a big, yeah, it was a big wow. change for me. Did you and do I like a detox? I wasn't or? trying to lose weight. No, no, no. I just, I, I just started eating different. Um, it started with eliminating processed foods and sugar. Mm -hmm. That's where it started. Um, and that step alone made me lose the weight. Um, now I'm at the point where I'm pesticide free, meaning I don't eat any food unless it's organic and I don't, and I don't have dairy and those two, um, nor do I really eat much soy. And I would say that, or gluten. And I would say that like the thing about dieting is it really, it doesn't really matter too much what you're eating as long as you're getting your nutrients, you know, cause you can always have supplements and all these things. It, what matters about dieting is what you're not eating. It's the elimination. For example, if you eat extremely healthy all week and then you have one day of dairy and you're like, as a male, because dairy as a woman is a little different, but as a male or just in general dairy, um, it's almost like you've just put something in your system that can totally clog you up and it's not going to create that space. Mm. Um, I'm extremely against the everything in moderation view. Oh, okay. I, I do not vibe with it. I think it's dangerous and I don't think it's factually correct. I don't think it's smart. In fact, I know it's not factually correct because you don't say murder in everything, just a little murder, <laughs> right? You don't do that. And that's how I view pesticides. Why, yeah. would you put, why would you put poison in your body ever? One yeah. time in your whole life, there's no reason to ever do it ever. And so, um, and obviously our government subsidizes farms that use pesticides, which makes no sense because pesticides, in my opinion, is the leading cause of climate change. Mm. Um and so there's a one kind of political reason why I am this way. Um, and also the main reason is for my health. I just gen, I, I can tell once when I've had something that isn't organic and for the most part, and, um, yeah, it doesn't vibe with me. So I do eat meat. Um, but that's a personal choice. I feel like everyone has their own personal dieting choices. I think the most important thing anyone can do on the planet right now the most important personal choice that any human being can make is to not buy or eat something with a pesticide in it. 
Mm. That I feel very strongly about. I don't think I would challenge any human to tell to to tell me something that they think could be a better lifestyle thing to do for both their themselves and the planet. I don't mm-hmm. think there is one. I, I can't even think of something that's even close to that. Um, and so, yeah, if, if, if someone wants to eat better, they should eliminate dairy and they should eliminate pesticides. Some people can handle soy. Some people can't, some people can handle, handle gluten. Some people can't, if you really want to be safe, eliminate gluten, soy, dairy, and pesticides and only eat organic food. If yeah. you, if every, if any human does that after a month, they'll feel drastically different. Their body will change. But the problem is that most humans don't know how they don't want to because it takes effort it takes times where if oh oh your friend wants to go to dinner oh let's go to this place no i can't because it's not organic oh what you can't oh but oh hey there's a group of six of us we're all going out to this place you're like okay you go out and you don't eat you don't eat that food with them you sacrifice part of the camaraderie for the betterment of your body and the planet and then you just prepare and you eat either before or after something organic Mm. that's the life that i'm living right now wow and and uh in fact i went out to i remember it was our tour manager's brunch birthday and we went out like 20 people i didn't have i didn't eat you know Um, i might have had like one little non-organic potato or something for me that's a cheat yeah you know oh that potato looks so good let me just get one bite Uh, yeah that's a cheat which i which i try not to cheat but everyone you know occasionally will do whatever um but do yeah, you that, feel you like the, yeah, the, the yeah. pressure? Like, do you feel, I mean, did it like when you're behaving in this way? Cause like what you said, mm-hmm. the camaraderie, right? Right. That's, that's the that's thing. The like, big, that's the, that's thing. the biggest thing for me. It's always that it's never like when I'm on my own, when I'm just with uh, my partner and like mm-hmm. when I'm with friends who are eating that way and stuff, it's easy. But when it's out, you know, uh, right. parties. Yeah. Or like yeah. you're traveling, you're at an airport. Traveling. You forgot yeah. To prepare, right. Cause you always got to prepare in advance too. Right. Um, luckily there's pretty much any place that I've been, there's been an organic delivery option. Any, every, even in like the worst has been when I had a show in this ran Harrodsburg, Kentucky, and they had a tiny, tiny organic section at, at a grocery store. But you can always get delivery, you know, like on DoorDash, or you just got to pay a little more. Yeah. So, um, and, and I'll do it where I'll just prepare and get like three meals in advance. Um, I would say that, you know, the key to the camaraderie issue is you just view it as like a, an allergy, mm-hmm. you know, no one's going to, even your best friends, you go out to dinner with your best, with anyone and you're like, oh, I'm actually like allergic to this. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm allergic to poison. <laughs> right? No, but that's <laughs> actually like, how. No, I but think. really, it's yeah. crazy though. It's insane that we live in a world where there's like, you go to the grocery store and it's like, oh, here's the poison food section, right? And here's like the regular it's food. Crazy. Section. That's really what's happening. Even like I saw Bernie Sanders made a post on his Facebook thing about, um. Something about like food. It was something about food and and like fossil fuel, and it didn't even mention to eat organic or or pesticides or anything like this. And I commented on the thing. I never do stuff like this, but I commented. I was like, Bernie, not that he would ever see this, but like, Bernie, come on, let's educate the people here. Like, don't don't promote poison. You're literally promoting poison. It was like promoting food in an anti climate change. I was like, you're promoting poisoning the planet in an anti-climate change post you got to be kidding me Mm. you know and i don't think he knows i don't i don't think uh, i think the majority of the government 
does not know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, look at where we are now in the world. This is what's been going on the last couple of years. I mean, well, how I mean, you turn some crazy, dumb, crazy, yeah, dumb we're time. In crazy <laughs> clown world, but it's like, yeah. you don't, you don't, you didn't turn on the news and they were like, turns out everybody's uh, suffering from diabetes or heart, uh, heart conditions, or, you know, these health conditions are the most uh, pressing conditions and overweight and all this stuff. Maybe people should eat better, you know, get, su- yeah, get it's some a, sun. I, I saw some statistic <laughs> that wild. was like, yeah, yeah, it, it's it is wild, and I, I saw a statistic that was something crazy. It was like eighty five percent or ninety percent of the people that um, have died from COVID were obese. Yeah, You're, right. I mean, like something yeah. like yeah. which, which then all of a sudden, if you take the death count down to a 10th of what it was, you're far below the normal flu, you know? And so is the problem really that, or is it obesity? Obviously it's both, but, um, but why not focus on the obesity? Cause that's the change, you know, that's going to make the difference. Sure. Yeah, of course. But then you, you know, you threaten the, these big industries, you then know, you thre- yeah, you're threatening a whole industry. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, the, you the agriculture industry, right. the, uh, the pharmaceutical well, industry, pharma- yeah, right? Main, like it's, the- well, the agriculture industry, I feel like is not ill-intended. I feel like they are controlled by, yeah. you know, basically like Bayer. Right. Like Bayer right. is still in, uh, look, you can make the argument against what I'm about to say, but you know, Bayer was the company that was basically around and, and doing things in Nazi Germany. Yeah. And they were, you know, the ones that were um, producing the gases that killed the Jews and um, Bayer now owns. Yes. Of course, times have changed. They've apologized. Right. I don't know. I'm making a face, but Bayer now owns Monsanto, Trader Joe's, you know, like all these things. And it, it, what really is a terrible thing is people think Trader Joe's is healthy. And Mm. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is owned by Bayer. They're they're By the way, they're Trader Joe's. Many of the organic food that comes from Trader Joe's is not organic. It goes through a different certifier that's really certified by China. Yes. Oh shit. You're blowing my mind right now. I would, no, no. If you can avoid I would avoid Trader Joe's. I would never, ever in a billion years shop at Trader Joe's. That's oh, probably okay. the, one of the worst places a human being can get their food. In. Well, how did you find this out? How did you know about just this? Research and just like talking to people who know what's up and, but yeah. mainly research, you know, it's public. All of it's, it's not 96 not hours of research. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, right. we could, <laughs> um, a simple, can we, can our leaders just help us for crying out loud? Jesus. I know. It's, it's, yeah, no, I mean, but this is good. I, I like to learn about these things because certain things just enter your reality field and certain things don't. And, you know, when you take an, inf- uh, an interest in something so important as, like you are what you eat. Let food be thy medicine. Like we've heard it, right? right? Like it's so important. Oh, You're literally 100%. putting things into your body. And then we wonder why we have this disconnection in society where, you know, we can't go 18 inches from here to the, to here, you right. know, the head it's to like, the heart. It's like, like, would you, you know, would you intimately connect with a person that you are very unattracted to who? is going to give you all these terrible diseases and all these things, or they might, you're not sure, but they might, right? It's like, they might, 
would you connect intimately with that person just for a split second of bodily pleasure? Mm-hmm. No, no yeah. one in their right mind would. Right. right. Even sex addicts probably wouldn't. Yeah. Right? They would because they they are smart. I mean, if it was Pamela Anderson from the nineties. From the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's funny about that. That reminds me of that that lit video. Remember that video with lit that she was in? I don't know if you remember that. Oh my god! Um, now I'm gonna have to YouTube that now. I know. I know. Get a anyway, nostalgia. I know. Um, but yeah, you're so, very yeah, passionate so about this. I'm very passionate. It's very, about it. it's very important, and you feel that it it sort of is a a fundamental fuel for your creation and your life, creating the life that you want to live and yeah. feeling the way that you want to feel. A hundred percent. It's definitely a, an expression of my ultimate passion, which is living in a great vibration of love and joy and light and spreading that. And it's the same thing of like, you know, you, you hang around with people that make you feel good because it makes you feel good. And then you can go and be that good feeling to others, right? You're taking on their vibe a little bit and then spreading that. Same thing with food. You're eating a little bit of that food and it's actually merging with you, right? Mm -hmm. Because we as a human being are just a bunch of little tiny, tiny specks of energy or matter or whatever that are all vibrating together, right? We're not actually solid. And so, and so even though we, we are, but not on a, scientific level right yeah and so if you're you you can put in whatever vibe into that vibe that you want and with the right tools can um emanate that and so if i can emanate the highest vibe possible on this planet i'm gonna do whatever it takes to be that high vibe and that's the whole thing besides you know behind high vibe records and behind you know equanimous and just everything that I'm doing here with the brand and, and spreading that. And, and I think that that concept is actually being understood by more and more people. Yeah. I, I'm seeing it. I'm actually seeing it through one of my songs, cellular upgrade that we saw lines remix. I'm seeing people who did not have that awareness or way of thinking about things and then listening to that song. And then after listening to that song, thinking differently hmm. because they're feeling the vibe. Yeah. It's like when you take a medicine, a psychedelic, you're different after that because you're merging with the plant. Yes. You know, I feel like part of me, I feel very connected to one, to, I feel very connected to um, the relationship between marijuana and tobacco. Oh, cool. I, hey, me too. I, right, I, don't, I don't smoke during the day, but when I do smoke, I make sure, of course, I would never, ever, 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 ever consciously smoke marijuana that is not organic. That is terrible. To smoke a poison? Oh, right. my God. Yeah. Right? And I wouldn't want the, the plant to, to, the plant's mother to be a light bulb. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I want it to be the sun where yes. nutrients are coming in. Light right. depth's fine, but you know. And so I make sure that I smoke only organic. That mixed with only organic tobacco where I, where I can get the leaf ship to me where I see where it's coming. None of this American spirit bullshit. I can right. see where the leaf is coming. I can grind it myself. Okay. And so mer- I've been merging with those plants for quite some time. Yeah. And I feel like I have taken on some of the entities of those plants, tobacco in that I've become way more grounded and mm-hmm. way more connected to spirit. Thank mm-hmm. you, tobacco ganja. I've been way more expanding of my energy, creative, um, blissful, and so the combination of the two, I feel like has, has helped my own vibration at this time in my life. I might not always do it, but right now it's a good medicine for me. So, um, 
that's another way where one can kind of like merge with a vibe to then emanate a vibe. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, those are master plants right there, you know, master uh, yeah. real master plants. Yeah. I work with tobacco on, on, on many levels and play with it. Uh, do you, do, but, do, what do you smoke? What kind of tobacco do you smoke? Um, so recently I got this, stuff from a friend that grows it from in this farm in Crestone, Colorado. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's like this like blonde amber Yeah, it's like a blonde stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I like I like I like stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like it's the best. And then I have stuff from uh Brazil, Colombia and Peru. Amazing. That, like mapacho kind of. Mapacho. Mapacho's strong though. It's not yeah. like you can just every day. No, I don't have that every day. Uh, it's more ceremonial usage right. and uh, hape or rape, which yeah, is a, a snuff. Yeah. I'll tell you when I, this is an interesting story about rape. Uh, I don't do much rape at all. You know, done it once in the last three years. The one time when I did do it, I had COVID and I had lost my smell for 10 days and I was scared. I was like, losing smell is scary. You know, it's a scary thing. And just tried a bunch of different things. Roommate had some hape, and I was like, I might as well try some. I did with intention. Two hours later, I had my smell back. It's been back ever since. There you go. Bless the master like, plant oh, there. The master <laughs> plant blesses you. Blessing it up. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a reason why, you know, that, that, that these medicines have been revered for so long, you know, is that all the properties that they, they're able to provide us and, and open cl that clearing space to allow for that sort of symbiotic relationship to form, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a relationship, right? It's right. everything that you're talking about here is engaging with it, uh, in, with intention, with consciousness, with presence, uh, and, and right. merging with that thing. So you guys are working together. You're working together with the cannabis. You're working together with the tobacco, with right, the organic right. tomatoes and the kale and things. You're working all together. It's a it's a symphony. Right, it's like a of, team. I like that. I yeah, like it's a like symphony. That. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. What, you mentioned that you you did um, a boga, or maybe a boga did you? <laughs> Fuck, As I've heard, I had did me hard, bro. I had an invitation <laughs> to do it and I declined, uh, but uh, I am interested in it. Make sure you got um, a couple months after to do nothing. Okay, yeah. So, what was your? <laughs> tell me about your experience. Where did you um, do it? What I had always this? wanted. I had always wanted to do a boga. Yeah. Um, I always what, felt connected. What drew like, you to it? I just felt like it was the master. Okay. And it is, in a way. Um, and I knew it was going to be intense, so I was always very patient. I was in a relationship. Um, Two thousand six. 2017 we split up um i just didn't want to deal with the pain and i thought to myself oh this would be a good time to go do a boga so i went and did it and it was extremely intense um days of tripping can't move just tons of crying and and throwing up and screaming and just uh man that is an intense it was very very intense iboga was unlike nothing else in that it felt more physical like a surgery like i felt i felt like a lot of my pain and then the stories that were connected to it 
in my mind, I had healed from those things, but I felt like a, a boga went in there and just slashed it all up, especially with the Bwiti music that kind of throws you off. And it's like, did you do this in, in Africa? I almost, but I did it in Costa Rica. I, okay. I, 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 looking back on it, I might've rather done it in Africa, but, but it was still, uh, it was just intense. It was really intense. And, um, took me months to integrate months to integrate. Um, once I did though, I was having experiences where like there were certain things that would have triggered me in the past that were gone, you know, like just gone. Like the feelings were gone. Hmm. I don't know how, how else to say it, but like, outside event happens instead of, Oh, getting triggered, feeling an emotion about something that doesn't maybe have to do with that. But it like, but because you're naturally trying to protect yourself, you then take an action to like adjust the situation. That whole thing was just gone for mm. not necessarily for everything, but most things. Mm. And that created a massive, just freeing up of things. And, and also of like inner talk that a lot of that cleared out, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Like the inner system of coping yeah, mechanisms. Yeah. It just felt like I like moved a lot. Like, mm -hmm. all, like it felt like I moved more than now I, I, you know, this is probably not necessarily true, but it felt like I moved, like take a thousand humans. Okay. Maybe not a thousand, 500 humans and add up what all of them have moved through to evolve spiritually. It felt like I did that for 500 humans within myself in the span of, you know, this period of time. Hmm. Wow. Um, that's big time on a physical level. That's the difference here. It's, you know, it's not like it's different from like therapy where you're, you know, you're working through things. Oh my God, I had this realization and now I feel better. But then the trigger comes and you're like, okay, I'm feeling the trigger but my mind can work through it and I can be conscious about it now. Great. And that experience of course will happen in life because that's how you grow in things, you know, rarely, but it will. But with the aboga, the step of being triggered in a lot of scenarios was gone. Wow. So the whole step of it. So it just, it just came to you. So something that ordinarily would have triggered you in the past to set you off on that sort of, protocol or system of events of like, okay, now this happens. Now that happens. Now I have to come into awareness, create space right. to move through consciously communicate this. Right. That whole process was basically obsolete because you had a upgrade. Yeah, exactly. It felt like an, a humongous upgrade, like a surgery. And, and now if there are scenes where I feel a trigger, um, you know, I've, obviously experimented with different things of how to deal with that. And, and what I found works is for me is actually just stillness is patience and stillness. And just like a, is not, is actually being equanimous. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hell yeah. 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 And, and that, and that power of equanimity to then allow those things to just transmute on their own. As Rumi would say, quoting his, um, or pair of para quoting his, poem the guest house yeah yeah invite invite them in yeah invite them in let them go and invite them in for tea and right. send them on their way right exactly
Yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh it's such a huge improvement in, in life when you can, you know, flow through and and not get, you know, drowned down by by things. Are there are there any things that that still yeah, are there any things that really trigger you, piss you off, get you upset, send you into hopelessness, despair or just like anger, rage? Yeah. I mean, there has been um, the biggest one is, if I'm being honest, the biggest one is the mandates. Yeah. I, I it pisses me off so much Yeah, that, yeah. that the United States wants, wants to take over people's bodies and I get it. They're trying to be healthy. They're trying to be safe. I've talked to so many people on both sides, but what pisses me off even more is that the majority of people like the, the phenomenal majority of people are against mandates. Yeah. Right. The majority of people who have been vaccinated are against mandates. Mm. So the fact that the government is making a decision that they feel like is right against the decisions of the people, it, it triggers me. But the thing is that should never not trigger me. Right. Like that's a good trigger to have. Right. Because it will protect it causes me to want to act to protect, sure. which of course is like a natural biological trait of a male specimen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or not male bodied specimen, but a male specimen. And so like, um, yeah, yeah you're, you're, yeah, you're on I the mean, alert. You're like, I think hey, it's an okay, right. I think you're I'm, like, I'm okay something is, uh, yeah, right. yeah. But messages from the environment. It means my body's working right. Like, Your right, body's working right. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're receiving the signals properly, I would say, right? Right. It's, it's, like, it's like, yeah. Hey, this is yeah. not so good, guys. This right. is not so good. Maybe let's do something here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's that's That's been a whole thing for me. Forever. I mean, pr- previous to doing this podcast, I did a political show and, uh, you know, I, I used to identify as like a, a hardcore libertarian or anarchist or now I'm just whatever I, you know, I'm you're you. Just, yeah. I'm me, but, yeah. but I'm still informed by that, that stuff. I, I believe that everybody should be free to do whatever they wish, as long as they're causing no harm to anybody else. You know, we should be able to make decisions based upon out for our bodies. Our bodies, our choice, our minds, our choice, our spirits, our choice, at least, at least having the choice, you know, there. Yeah. I got COVID and, and I have, I got tested, I got a blood test and I have natural immunity. And, you know, I talked to people. You should be able to use that. Yeah, I should be bars. able to. Yeah, I should be able to use that <laughs> if I want to go to a fucking show at Red yeah, Ro- Red Rocks exactly. or whatever the fuck you know. Although I heard Red Rocks doesn't check. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I know that know. most. Of, I know most of Denver does, but Red Rocks doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's unfortunate. Yeah, it makes me upset. It's it, it's like uh creating this sort of like segregated class. You know, yeah. There's almost. obviously like this- some shit going down, and people. You know, there's something happening. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm I'm not too worried about it and the yeah. main reason is because i do believe that the ufo phenomena will eventually outweigh that and whoa really yeah, dude yeah. awesome i love that you're bringing it to this level i was yeah. just like sweet all right cool man yeah please what do you elaborate on that i mean you're i'm assuming you're aware that the government literally yeah, government went on 60 minutes on cbs news yeah and and not only said that there are thousands of UFOs in our sky every day. This is a multiple governments official saying this. Thousands yeah, yeah. in our sky every day. 
Yeah. Um, but that they're dismantling nuclear missiles. For the government to say something like that is absurd. Um, it reminds me, you know, in Hawaii, there was a, uh, that everyone, I, a couple years ago, I remember my friends got this too. There's like a red alert, like this is not, a, people on their phone got like, this is not a drill. There's a, a missile headed our way. Oh yeah, I and, remember that. And it is to my belief that these this was one of them that the UFOs dismantled. And so like there is, that's a, ma- that is a, ma- even if that it wasn't the case, just the fact that there are unidentified flying objects, thousands of them in our sky, performing and doing things that are not known to human technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of extraterrestrial um contact reports. Okay? Sure. Yeah. It is only in my opinion unless these extraterrestrials are very are, are unless these extraterrestrials are literally in control of what's happening here, which is a possibility. Mhm. Unless they are, then there's no way. It's it's unavoidable. At some point, there will be, I think, a mainstream vibrational awareness around these other beings. And I think that will bring in a type of awareness and consciousness that is bigger than the whole COVID thing. And that will just shut it up. And um, I don't know for a fact, obviously, but that's my belief. Unless the the aliens come down here and try and make contact, but they don't have uh, their their vaccine passport to show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nah, sorry. The US is like, sorry, to come to Earth, you need Look, to be uh, vaccinated. I, I know you flew here from Zeta right. Reticula and all, but uh, if you don't have proof of vax, you can't come in. Right, that's hilarious. And then the, 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 some of the extraterrestrials are like, I'm told they like to be called extraterrestrials, by the way, not aliens. But some of the extra, I just was told this the other day. Yeah. Some of the extraterrestrials are like, Oh, no, no, no. But I actually have religious exemption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, you guys don't worship uh, Gluflark the third? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, have you ever seen a, a UFO? I have seen one UFO one time. Cool. Yeah. But, but like, it was an unidentified flying object. I don't, yeah. I can't, I can't be like, that's an alien. What I was is in it? Sedona. It was yeah. recently, it was, it was within the last year. Um, yeah, I saw it. was, it's just kind of like, it almost looked like a really slow shooting star. It was fast, faster than a plane for sure, but like a slow shooting star. Um, it kind of just like, you know, I was, I was looking for it. It wasn't like it just randomly came. I need to be honest. Like I was sitting in Sedona staring at the sky okay. being like, I want to see one of these. Were things. you do, doing the C5 contact no, Stephen I was Greer just, thing? No, nah, I was just like, can I, I was just like trying to talk spirit and for a while nothing came, but eventually something came and it was like this, um, it was rotating. It, it was like, it, it, okay, this is how I'm going to explain it. It, it didn't look like it was rotating in a circle, but it looked like there was something around it, like a light rotating because like there would be like a blue light kind of at one point, and then on the other corner would be a different color. It was just like, yeah, it, it was it was kind of like inconsistently lighting up. It mm. wasn't to rhythm. Like a plane is to rhythm. You know, mm-hmm. this was not to rhythm. Um, or or it was to a different rhythm that it wasn't a plane's rhythm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. um and it kind of just flew across the sky pretty fast. I would say it took like, you know, fi- 
10 seconds to get from one end of the sky to the other. Yeah. Which at first I was like, wait, maybe it was a plane. Can a plane do that? And then I like talked to some people. They're like, no, a plane cannot do that. Right. <laughs> you can't yeah. just fly across the whole entire sky in 10 seconds. Yeah. And, um, but I feel like a shooting star can do that in one second. That's why I said it was like a slower version of a shooting star. Sure. Yeah. So I saw something similar when I yeah. was 13. I was standing, we were playing basketball, actually. Oh, Me nice. and my friends, summer night, 13 years yeah. old, playing basketball, Where? New York. New York, yeah. yeah. And uh, we look, not New York City, outside like the suburbs, clear skies. And we were looking up at the stars and one, someone said, "Looks one looks like it's moving. And we saw it just shoot across. Like it was like, it was here. And then it was just like here. And yeah. then, all, and, and then it was, and then, it, and then it went here and yeah, then it went back yeah. down. It like zigzag stopped on a dime and then poof, gone. And right. it moved, it moved so fast that we were all just like, that's, that's, that, that's what, you know what is that? Interesting? So, okay. So <laughs> I, I've never heard anyone say what I'm about to say, but what about the idea that there's just a whole fleet of them and that's just them being invisible and some of them popping out and popping out. Like that could literally explain all of the, these like crazy movements. Oh yeah, dude. You know? Yeah. They could be invisible. They could be from another dimension popping right. in and out of dimensions. There's the, the theory of they live under the ocean center of the earth. Right. Uh, there's there's so all these different species. They're us from the future. They're us That's from the, the future. Simulation yeah. theory. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is, which Elon Musk just came out and said, like, you know, he said, he said he's pro simulation theory, which, which says basically like, okay, either we're, we are the, either we are the first civilization and we grow and our technology grows big enough to, and human, you know, humans, our planet is the first, not the right. And we grow enough where we can then create a whole entire, other simulation of these humans either that's the case or we're already a simulation of created from one of the first. yeah we've already done that we've and already we're done the that simulation and we're that. yeah and we're just one of a billion of them you know right and um and so he says I, you know i feel a little differently but elon musk would would argue that that's why we are in a simulation because the odds are so low infinitesimally low that we would be the first yeah, yeah, I think he's uh referring to Nick Bostrom's book Super Intelligence where he uh talks about Fermi's paradox, which is this basically this thing of like, well, why haven't we seen extraterrestrial life? And there's three different theories and simulation theory is in there. And then there's another one that says that basically uh there are there is no intelligent life because they've all blown themselves up because they were they haven't been able to handle the uh, lack of advancement of consciousness with the advancement of technology and the ones who have survived are coming here to mm, basically, this isn't part of his theory, but this is right. what I think right, right. they're coming here and that's why they're blasting the nukes and they're blasting the missiles because they're like, Hey, we want you guys to like have right. a chance here. Don't fuck, here. This, Don't up, fuck this up. Right, right, right. Right. They're helping us out. Yeah. I could totally see that. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm pro, pro extra, I'm pro ET. Yeah, I'm pro ET too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> pro ET. And I would say that if any language is going to be transmitted between our species and an ET species, it's going to be a language of vibration, music. 100%. You know? 100%. Like, yep. 
get down to some funky equanimous vibes. Yeah. I mean, my, my <laughs> ultimate kind of like material goal in life, and this has always been it ever since I was young and it hasn't changed once, is to play music out of the sky, my music out of the sky. End of sentence where everyone can hear it, every yeah. human. And I feel like, I feel like before I, found, I was like, that's not possible. And I was like, no way. Now, I do I think it's going to happen? No, but I can f- grasp how that might be possible. If I were to form a, a relationship with an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. and I give him like a little USB, <laughs> you know, and the, and the extraterrestrial in their technology goes up there and puts on some kind of a speaker onto the earth and plays one of my tracks, it will unify humanity. Not, yeah, hell, hell they yeah. might get ununified, but they'll be unified because everyone will be listening to one sound at the same time. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a worthy goal. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I hope it happens. Hell yeah, yeah. I think it will, man. Just I'm, you know, 80, age hold 89. that vision. Yeah, hold that vision. Create the feeling. Meditate on it every totally. day. Totally. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been awesome, dude. I appreciate you taking the time and and rapping with me here and. uh yeah, I love I love where the conversation went and where yeah, we Yeah, thanks uh, for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, of Fun course, time. yeah. Yeah, man. Uh what uh what do you got coming up? What's in the works? What are you excited about? I got a lot coming up. Uh when is this coming out or do we know this or Yeah, I'm going to try and get this out as soon as possible oh, because cool. yeah, I'm running a little behind here, so. Got it. Okay, so I would say um uh What's coming up? I got, I'm playing, you know, a ton of shows, depending on where you are. Just go to my website, equanimouslove.com. You can check out my shows. I'm going to be in um, LA, Austin, Orlando, Dallas, uh, Portland, um, California. Just a lot different things coming up. Um, coming to Denver? No, I just played in Denver. I was. You oh, know, you I did? Was, yeah. Well, I was, I played in Denver. What was my show? It was in July. Oh, okay. Um, but I actually was in Denver two weeks ago I oh, played a, yeah i played a private gathering um for a oh, wonderful nice. human being awesome. who owns flowers.com actually oh. um yeah he's a great guy um so i i was just there for like a weekend um but yeah I, i'm assuming i'll be in denver but probably not honestly i probably not until the spring yeah um but uh yeah so that's the live stuff i got a lot of new music coming out i got an ep with stoic coming out um lots of remixes coming out just lots of music so you know stay tuned lots of cool content too um you know listening you can follow me on instagram at equanimous love um pretty easy to find check out my spotify if you feel like supporting that's that's what supports me the most right now in life is, is spotify actually um yeah, that's that's kind of what's what's ahead. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward to uh, just connecting again. I feel like we we just scratched the surface. I mean, I, I hate to cu- I hate to cut the conversation short when we start talking about uh, extraterrestrials because yeah, there's so much more to go. But it's good for a continuation for part two. So totally, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Quantumus yeah. love. Check him out, ladies yeah. and gents. Thanks he so much. Is he is Equanimous. It's <laughs> a perfect name for you, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody, go follow him. Check him out. Any last last words here? One, one word or three or two or a sentence 
send the people off with some high vibes. Yeah, I'm gonna just I'm gonna do my classic quote, Jackie Moon from Semi Pro, Mr. Wolf Arrow, and just say E L E. Everybody love everybody. There we go. Everybody yeah. love everybody. <laughs> Much love, all. Peace. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Please uh, just tell people about it. Do what you do when you like things and you're excited about it. Share it. Tell people. Subscribe. All that good stuff. All the links are in the show notes if you want to check out how you can support the show, whether it's just leaving five stars on Apple Podcasts or whether it's becoming a Patreon member or whether it is, you know, just sending me like a gold brick, you know, whatever you guys want to do. I, uh, I love you all. And check out our sponsors. They support us. So check them out, support them. They're they're great. Element Kombucha, Fungi Academy, Being True to You. Man, get yourself some of that kombucha, I'm telling you. Save with Mike 11, 11%, and we're out. Much love, much love. Peace. Thank you.